You know, I was meditating as we were singing the songs today. I was meditating on a few different passages. Uh, one, we sang yes and amen, but one in 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. That's pretty good. All the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. And another one that I was uh, meditating on as we were here is in First uh, Timothy chapter 6. It says this. This is part of the, one of the songs that we sang. It says, Tell those who are rich in this age not to be arrogant and not to place their confidence in anything as uncertain as riches. Instead, let them place their confidence in God who lavishly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Now, I thought about what Cam said, his word, is God truly what satisfies me? And as I was meditating on that, is, is God the one, the one person, is he what uh, brings fulfillment in my life? And, and as I did, I was thinking about this verse, it says that because it's God... Here's what I want to say. It's not an either-or kind of a deal. It's not either I, set, I have my pleasure from God or I have it from things. That's what the world and the enemy would tell us it has to be. Either you derive your purpose and well-being from your job, your money, your income, your identity comes from that. Or you can derive it from him and who we are in him. But what I'm saying is, is they're not mutually exclusive of each other. When we really understand who we are in him, that's what First Timothy said, chapter 6. It's him who gives us all things. It's, depending on the translation, it says he lavishly gives them to us. He richly gives them to us that we might enjoy them. So the things that we have that we enjoy, as long as they don't hold a higher place than him, they're not sin. So it's not like, well, if, I, if I'm going to make God the, the one that's my everything and my source, then I can't have these things. No, it's what the Lord said to me years ago. I don't care what things you have. I care what things have you. It's what things hold a higher place in your heart than I do. That's when there's an issue. That's when it's become a God with a little g, and it's taken a place that it doesn't deserve. But the things that I can enjoy and go, Father, I thank you that this is a blessing from you. I realize it's a blessing from you. Whether it be my family, my kids, my automobile, my whatever, Whatever you want to title it, those thing, things aren't bad. What's bad is when we put them in a place they don't belong. So I, as I was just meditating on that and I was thinking about it, as Cam said that, I thought, man, that's so good that we, we just have to understand. He's the one who freely gives us all things to enjoy. And when we understand where it comes from, I think we can enjoy it that much more because then it's not built on my pride or my provision. It's built on his faithfulness. And he, he desires to, to show he's a good father. He's a good father. And he said that. He said, if your father knows how to give you good gifts, good things, how much more your heavenly father desire to give you those things that you have desire, that you want. That's who he is. It's not who we try to make him. It's who he is. And yet this, this weekend, I was just spending time with the Lord. And um, I've said this before, but I'll say it again, that what my preparation for a Sunday looks like now is much different than what it used to look like 
I don't sit down and try to find a great message that I can share with good points and everything like that. What I try to do is I sit down and I want to see him. I want to hear his heart because that's what Jesus did. He said, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear my father saying. And uh, my passion and my goal when I'm with him is not that I'm going to study this one topic, and I'm not against topical studies, it's, or I'm going to read through this one book. It's to see him. And I was reading uh, this, this week, I forget, Thursday or, or Friday, I was just along with him, spending time with him, and just reading. I was reading through Mark and... Uh, Somehow wound up in Psalms. I don't even remember. One of the cross-references got me over into Psalms. And as I was thinking about it, I, I came to Psalms 24 and verse 7. I'll just back up. Uh, Psalms 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may, see, who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has, lift, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Verse 7. It's where I wanted to go. So I, I just want to say, those that I just read, who can ascend to the hill of the Lord, thank God that Jesus did. And I'm in him, so now I can ascend. It's not based on my works or my performance. It's not on how clean I keep my hands or how righteous I feel that I am. That's all of works. It's based upon what Jesus accomplished for me, and now I find my identity in him. So now I can ascend the hill of the Lord because my hands were cleaned when he, is, when he cleansed them. I've been washed by the water of his word. I'm in right relationship with him because of what Jesus did. So now I can do that. And then it says this in verse 7, lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, lift up you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. He said, lift up your heads, O you gates. He's talking to us, to people. We are the gate of the Lord. He said, lift up your head, O you gates, and the King of glory shall come in. He was prophesying about what would happen. I'm saying what he's prophesying has happened. Amen. The King of glory has come in. He lives in me. So if I understand that, if I understand the King of glory has come in, he says this, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord. It's yud heh vav strong and mighty. Who is he? yod heh vav mighty in battle. So when I lift up my head to him, when I set my gaze upon him, what I'm acknowledging is this. I'm acknowledging that the, str the strong and mighty one lives in me. The one who is mighty in battle lives in me. So if that's a reality to me, no matter what I'm facing, I can understand this. yod heh vav -Hey is strong and mighty, and he lives in me. So what's facing may, may look overwhelming, but it's not because he's strong and mighty, and he's in me. And I'm in him. 
I'm, I'm think, I love when Moses said, God, how am I going to do this? I've just, I have a stammering tongue. Who am, I going to, who am I that I should go? And he didn't answer him. He just said, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. He wanted Moses to understand, don't look at you, look at me. Why? Because I'm strong and mighty. I'm powerful. That's who God wanted to understand. And as we were singing these songs today, I know I may sound redundant. But as we were singing these songs, I was just meditating on the words that we were singing and thinking about what we were declaring out of our mouths and going, wow, God, wow. What Cam said, wow, what if we really lived by this as our belief system? Not saying it is a pretty song, but we lived by this as a belief system. What Nanette said when she came out, if we understood his faithfulness. Anybody in here, let's, I'm just going to stretch it, okay? Anybody in here had some difficult times in the past week? Praise the Lord. I'm at the right place. Anybody in those difficult times that the enemy tries best to get you to look at you and your resources, your ability to overcome it? If we understood, as we understand, not if, as we understand his faithfulness, that he's the same yesterday, day, and forever. So during all this time of being alone with him, I started praying, saying, Lord, you know, I say this statement a lot. When I was down at the pastor's uh, conference retreat a, a week or so ago, I was talking to him. I said, I know this may not sound out real theologically, but the Lord does more for me than I could ever do on purpose. See, you've heard me say it over and over and over again. I was meditating on this week. I'm like, God, why is that? <clears throat> you know what he said to my heart in love? He said, because you don't strive for it. It's those things that's in your heart that you've just come to me about, and you've not said, oh, I got to pray about this. I got to fast about this. I got to do all this about this. And you didn't get in the way of it. It was just something that came up out of your heart, a desire of your heart, and I was able to do it without you being involved in it other than your faith was there because you didn't overthink it. He said, the reason in your eyes I do more for you accidentally than you could ever do on purpose is because I know your heart. I know the intention and your desire is to honor me, to please me. I don't say this self-righteously. I'm just telling you, this is me and the Lord talking. <clears throat> he said, you're, 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 not you're not pursuing a thing, a title, or anything like that. You want to know me, and you love me, and you're not perfect. And I'm like, man, I can agree with that. I'm not perfect. I I've said before, you know, when he said he's not many uh, mighty, not many noble or chosen, but he chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I'm like, that ding, 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 that's my ticket in right there. <laughs> how do I know I'm called to the Lord? Because he said he'll use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. That's how I know I'm called. <clears throat> you know, it's funny. As we were down there, they gave prophetic words. Some of the guys gave prophetic words. And one guy, the way he started out... Is he over me? He started speaking over me, and he said, in a nutshell, is you're one of the most unlikely ones that people would have chosen, but that's why God wants to use you. <clears throat> and I can I didn't take that in a derogatory way. I'm, I identified with that, and I was like, Jesus, thank you, because I have friends. I have very good friends. They're some of the best leaders I've ever met in my life. They, I would, I would rank that I know personally that I would rank them beside the ones that are writing books and. New York speaking to CEOs and CFOs and all that. I know them personally. I know their leadership. And they've told me their leadership got in the way of them and the Lord. 
Does that mean leadership's bad? No. But what it means is we can lean on our own understanding and acknowledge our, us and our ways, and we can get in our way. And as I was praying, saying, God, why is that? And he said, it's because your desire. He said, delight yourself also in me, and I'll do what? I'll give you the desires of your heart. He said, these things that you do that's non-coincidental, I've shared even this, how we got in this building and how we're getting out of this building. I don't know what's up with the air. I talked with the lady who's over it all, and she assured me that they're not cutting the air off on the weekends. So for those of you who prayed it would be warmer in here, God bless you. <laughs> for those who liked it when it was frigid in here, God help us. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with it, but I know this. There's two more weeks in here. <laughs> Glory to the Lamb. I'm about to break out in the hallelujah chorus. And then we'll be moving to a new building. It's not a new building. It's an older building. You know what? It's going to need love. We're going to have questions and answers about that in a minute. It's going to need some TLC, some attention, some things that we're going to have to do. But here's what I know. I'll have a key to the door, and I'll have the thermostat. <laughs> that, look, I have not gotten that much response out of any word I've preached in this building. Just glad my security's in Jesus. Because I hadn't got that kind of response out of any. I could have think, I could, I th I could have thought I was preaching the roof off this place, and I didn't get that. But I tell you, I got control of the thermostat, and I got a key to the door, and everybody wants to shout and run. <laughs> Lord, you're good. Thank you, Father, for meeting us where we are. But we... As I was just meditating on that, because I thought, Lord, that's where you have me. That's, that's what you're saying to me is faith is believing he is who he said he is, and he'll do what he said he would do. And then walking with him in that journey and in that process, are there things that we can do? Yes, there are things. All the promises in him are yes. All the promises in him are amen. That's, we saw that in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. He's already given us, 2 Peter 1, he's already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through our knowledge of him. Romans 12, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. These things he's told us, there are ways that we can partner. But what he's showing me is when I get over out of faith, I get into fear and I get into works, not trying to work for my salvation, but just trying to work out what he's wanting to do. It gums up the process of what he's doing. He said, those things that I've done for you, like I said, this, this building, it's, <clears throat> we were here, how the Lord worked us out that we got here. The other building that... that uh, we're going to be moving to, I don't even have the address. I'll get that to you. Probably important. This is three weeks out. It's Brightwood, uh, Brightwood Church Road. It's right off of 70. It's the old Walk uh, Church building. The Walk the, it used to be called Faith Walk. Then they just changed it to Walk. Uh, but that's where we're going to be meeting. The end of the month, we're going to, we're going to try to get in there. The end of the month, the last service of the month will be there. And... Uh, but the way the Lord worked all that out through someone who uh, had been a part of the river and are no longer a part of the river, but they said, hey, this person is going, wanting to do this, and they need a church to partner with them, and I thought you guys would be great. And when I say partner with them, what that literally means is this. We lease the building from them. Okay, we're not part of the school. We can have influence in the school. We can share in chapel and things like that, help and mentor some of the kids inside there, but it's not... We did not come under the school, nor did they come under us. They own the building. We're going to lease from them, just like we did when we leased from Sasser, just like we leased when we leased from on Main Street, from uh, Hendron's in the old theater. Um, it's a, we're leasing from them. They are a Christian school. 
and they have asked that we would partner with them and work with them in certain ways and help them with chapel and things like that, which I'm excited about. But it's not a partnership in the fact that we're becoming part of the school or they're becoming part of the church. The partnership is they own a building, and we're going to lease from them. And they have asked that if we are open that we could come in and share at chapel and th things that we've tried to do here, not have chapel, but just come in and have an influence in the school, in the lives of the kids. And every time we tried, the door seemed to be shut. There, the doors open before we even get in. It said, we want you to be able to do that. So those are some of the things that, um, that he did ahead of us. He's always, it says, the scripture shows all the time how he goes ahead of us. He's constantly going ahead of us. And last week, one of the passages that I was meditating on is 2 Chronicles 20, where Jehoshaphat and these three kings align themselves against Jehoshaphat. And he, he seeks the Lord. And a word of the Lord comes to him and says, don't worry about this. God's going to deliver the hands of your enemies to you, you're, and you're not going to have to fight. God's going to fight for you. And I look at that. This is the Old Testament. And before that, he kind of rebuked Jehoshaphat because he hadn't done everything right. And Jehoshaphat then sets his eyes on the Lord and says, no, we're going to do it God's way. We're going to honor the Lord, and we're going to do it his way. And when he did that, these three kings that Israel had spared, you should read it. It's amazing. I went back all the way, started reading, not just verse chapter 20, we started reading how these are, when they came out of Egypt, these are two of the lands that aligned themselves against them or lands that they went through and God said, nope, they're, they're distant cousins, don't do anything to them. That's Todd's annotated version, okay? <clears throat> don't do anything to them. So they went through and they didn't because everywhere they were going, he said, everywhere your foot trods, I'm going to give you. So they could have went through the land and taken it. Are you with me? But they didn't. They didn't go through the land. They didn't take it. Now these kings have risen up against them and he said, here's what... The, the instruction of the Lord is, don't worry. The Lord's going to fight for you. You don't worry. You just worship. So Jehoshaphat did one of the most amazing strategic battle plans ever. He put the worshipers out in front. Unless you're a worship leader. <laughs> if you're a worship leader, you're probably second-guessing your leader about that time when he said, the army's going to be in the back and the singers are going to be in the front. They go, <laughs> flag on the play. That's a little backwards of how we normally do this thing, guys. Uh, you know, you got it backwards. We're supposed to be in the back singing and shouting and praying for the ones up front getting shot at. Now you're putting us out front. And it said that, the, it, the, that they defeated themselves. They killed themselves. To the last two men standing fought until they were both dead. What? And he was just showing me. How he goes before us, and when we allow him to do it and we are obedient to what he's saying, we can partner with what he's doing. And he was showing me that. Even as I had said, I didn't know, I had talked to our leadership team about the new place, and I said, the thing that concerns me is the, that's, sorry, the thing that concerns me is the lady that normally opens up for us every Sunday is getting married in June. And she's the one who's opened up for us. I said, also, one of the ladies that, uh, in, um, one of the, the assistant principal left. I shared all that. And I said, I'm pretty sure that our lease, our year agreement for the school ends in June. So we're going to have to reevaluate that. Da, 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 da. So I meet with the lady who's purchasing the school. And I'm saying, you know, first she was going to try to be in there in May. And she said, it's not going to work. And she said... Well, we actually signed on the 27th of June, and I'll have a key for you on the 27th of June. You can meet there on the 30th if you'd like. She's told me that on Monday or Tuesday a week ago, not this past week, the week before. 
So on Friday, I get an email, the following Friday, I get an email from the lady who's over the facilities here at Gibsonville and said, your, your lease agreement ends June 30th. If you're going to stay in the school, you need to provide this uh, insurance rider again. You've got to provide uh, all of these things. You've got to be signed, da, da, da. And I was like, Lord, you're so good. I don't have to do that. So when I talked to her last week on the phone about the air, I'm like, hey, what's up with the AC? Uh, you normally don't turn it off when we're on the weekends. No, no, we would never do that. We know you're leasing. I, so I don't know what's going on today. But anywho, we've got a couple more weeks, and then we don't have to worry about it. I don't know what's going on with it. But even in that, how the Lord is always ahead of us. He's always working in front of us, showing who he is. And he said, I can do those things because you haven't yet entangled yourself and, and gummed it up. That doesn't mean I don't have a part. Are you with me? I don't want to leave anybody on the side confused. I want us to go together. But what he is saying is this. When he knows it's a desire in my heart, and I go, God, this is for your honor and your glory. He can begin to move, and I can stand, then partner with him in faith and see what he's doing and not mess it up by going, well, I've got to do this or I've got to do that. There are things along the journey that he says, okay, now it's time to do this. And that's part of walking in relationship with him. So that's part of our journey, where we are right now. As I said, we'll be moving out. And uh, I had a friend say, man, you just let me know when you, when you have to move out, and we'll help you come move everything out. I said, well, we do it every Sunday. <laughs> the move out part's pretty easy. It's all in a can. We just <laughs> drive the can up and put in. The thing about the new place is they're leaving the chairs like these in the middle here. They'll, uh, they're leaving, I don't know how many of those, a couple hundred of those, I think, that we'll have that we can use. Uh, so we won't have to use the black folding chairs as much, but we will we'll have those. So uh, I'll, ask, I'll take some Q&A here in just a moment. But before I do, I want to read, uh, before I read, I want to say something. Um, this week, we had started some time ago, I felt the Lord led us that, uh, thank you, Nathan and and Nanette, they both sent me the address, 485 Brightwood Church Road. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Uh, I don't even know where I was now. Oh, I know what it was. <laughs> Some time ago, as we were <clears throat> moving into this place, I felt the Lord say, I want you to take the first three uh, consecutive Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesdays in the month, like tomorrow will be the third, fourth, and fifth, uh, and fast during those times uh, as a church body. And what we talked about is from 6 in the morning to 6 at night, we fast food. From 6 at night to 6 in the morning, we fast social media, TV, and things like that. And what I've realized is the second part of the fast is harder for many than, than the first part. <laughs> that was a joke. But it was so real, that's why I didn't get any response out of it. So true, so true, so true. But uh, that's this Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and I don't want to forget that. And I want to just clarify, we're not fasting to move God. We're fasting to align with what God is doing. We're fasting to align so that we can see clearer, that we can hear clearer, and that we can walk straighter in what he's saying. So we're not fasting and praying to go, God, please do this. We're fasting saying, God, here's what we see you doing. How can we see more clearly what that looks like and what our part in the process really looks like? So I want us to fast over this. One of the things that I want us to fast and pray about 
is with the building, the well there is sufficient for a church, but not for a school. And she's putting a school in there. There's two things, two options. And the one is there's city water, city water from Burlington that Whitsitt brings in all around that property. On all four sides, there's someone connected to city water. But Whitsitt has told her she can't have it. Now, to me, that's not a hard thing because what looks impossible with man is possible with God. The other side is a community well. They said she could do a community well that would, uh, that would be enough. And I don't even know what that is, just a bigger well. I don't know if it's more than one well and joined by a pump. I don't know what a community well is, but they said these are the two options. What she's really wanting is the city water because with city water, she doesn't have to worry about is it going to be big enough or anything like that. And the, the school have the opportunity to grow as big as it needs to grow because it's not going to be based upon how much water is provided. So I want us to be praying for that. She had originally said she wanted her and I to go this past Thursday to meet with Whitsitt and uh, the town. And I was like, no, we'll do it after this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because we're going to be agreeing and praying together as a church and just see what the Lord does. And I've got peace about it. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I've got a peace about it. It's one of those things I believe he's wanting to show off. Uh, the, the way that everything has come together has been pretty amazing, but that's something I want us to agree. And uh, in this time of prayer and fasting, I want us to be intentional in praying, saying, all right, God, this is we believe that you've opened the door for us. You've led us this way, and this is uh, a desire of our hearts is to see this. And it doesn't matter what man says. We see it throughout the scriptures. We see his faithfulness. And, his, and what Nanette said is this. If we understand our relationships based on faithfulness, if we know that our relationship is based on faithfulness, we live differently and we act differently. And as much as I know that my relationship with my wife is based on faithfulness, I think how much more faithful is the Lord? So when I look at this, I go, man, Jesus, that's what Nanette said. What a beautiful picture that, that I can see faithfulness, trustworthiness in the relationship that we have. How much more in this relationship this way? So even when things I don't understand, and just being real, in our relationship, when, there's a part of, when we come to a place in our relationship that I don't understand, that we're growing through, here's what I can be confident in, her faithfulness, her integrity, her honor. So I know whatever we're facing, I know we're going to get through it. That's in the natural. And we're in covenant with the living God, the one who's strong and mighty, the one I just talked about, where he said, lift up your heads. Oh, you get, who is the, the uh, king of glory, the Lord strong, yod heh vav heh, strong and mighty. yod heh vav heh, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads. <clears throat> so we have the opportunity to lift up our heads. Amen? Um, Romans chapter 12. I'm not going to read all of it. I want to because it's so good. This is the Passion Translation. Uh, all of Romans 12 is really, really, really good. I'll start with verse 4. In the human body, I want you to read all of it today or tomorrow or something. Read all of 12. It's, it's really good, but I'm going to start in 4. In the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, 
We've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the others. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. What did he say? He didn't say you have to use the proportion of faith that Jim has to prophesy. Amen. He said the, the proportion of faith that you have. So what he's saying is where you are on your journey is what you've got to be faithful with. Listen, I don't have to be faithful with what Katie's got. I have to be faithful with what I have. Corinthians says they measuring themselves against themselves are not wise. So if I'm looking at someone else and go, well, I don't have what they have, so I'm just going to be sit, sit back and be still and be quiet, then you are not being faithful to what he's put in you. So as we're moving, there's this transition we're going through. We're moving and we're going in. You, you need to understand your gifts are going to be called upon. This is not a church for spectators. Amen. What do you mean? You're going to ask me to do something? Probably. But what I'm praying is that we don't even have to ask. That we would grow up into this body that he's called us to be. And we would understand that everybody in here is important. We all have a part. See, this ministry is not built on my talking head. It's built on us learning how to grow up. and find, That's what he told me in Ephesians, that my gift to the body is this, that we would all grow up into the unity of Christ to a mature believer where we look like Jesus. Not that I would stand up here and teach you how to do it, but that we would grow up into him, in the fullness of who he is. So that's all of us, growing up, going together. Amen? He said, so use it to the proportion of your faith to prophesy. If your grace is serving then thrive in serving others well. If, you have this, if the grace of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. Just think what it's going to look like. I'm not going to say what, might, what it might look like because I'm believing that we're going to live this way. We're going to function this way because if we're not, it's going to be so uncomfortable you're not going to want to be here. Did he say that out loud? He did. He did, because being his body on the earth is more important to me than having a bunch of butts in seats. That say, I would but, I would but, I would do this but, and our butts always get in the way. Our offering to the Lord is not dimples in the seat. It's a life that's laid down for him. That's what Romans 12 is all about. It's a life that's laid down to him. If that's uncomfortable to you, the Bible's uncomfortable to you. And that's okay. It's good to be uncomfortable. Growth comes through being uncomfortable. When you get so comfortable that, that, uh, that nothing is, is stretching you anymore, you've become stagnant, immobile, and things will start locking up on you. Um, that's a good word right there. <clears throat> So he, he talks about if it's, get, if it's serving, then serve, thrive in serving. I mean, that, this excites me. This excites me to see people not begrudgingly doing something, but doing it because they know they get to serve the Lord in this area. They get to give part of their life to him and worship and to others. It's not just about this. 
This is great. It's, it's the most important. And we, we, we figure this out in church. It's all about this. But when we start doing this, we get uncomfortable. We'll live this way because I can do this, me and him and I, quiet time. I can love on him. He can love on me. But when I have to start living it out this way, that's when the flesh starts rising up. Because I'm dealing with my flesh and your flesh. Oh, no, brother, my flesh was crucified. I know. I, I'm not talking about two natures. I'm talking about I died with him and I'm resurrected, but my mind still has to be renewed. That's what Romans 12, 1 and 2 is talking about. And you know when your mind's not renewed in an area when something touches you. You know how those people we don't like being around? You know why? Many times because there's something in us we don't want to deal with. I didn't expect many amens there because it hurts, <clears throat> but it's true. Not all the time, but a lot of times we go, man, that just annoys me. And you go, hmm, I have a tendency to do that. Okay, I'll just not stay around now. I won't forget when Mark Tweeney came and preached uh, last year for pastor appreciation. And he talked about the body. It was on Communion Sunday, and he, he spoke, and he talked about the body. Right here where it talks about we're it's many members, but it's one body. And he said, we're taking communion. He said, you take his body, you take all of it. When they, The Passover, they were supposed to eat all of it, not supposed to leave anything. And he said, the Lord started speaking to him. He said, look out, that's the body. And if you can't take all of it, then you're not doing what he told you to do. So what are you saying? What I'm saying is every person in this room right now, there's something I can receive from you. From the youngest to the oldest, there's something I can receive from you. And when we start functioning that way, it's going to look like he said it was supposed to look like. Not just with different talented or gifted people speaking from here to encourage and stir us up, but from when we start living this way. He said he's given us 2 Peter 1, 2, and 3. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. To life and godliness. All things. Life, life is this way. We live our lives this way, on this plane, with others going towards him. And he lives in us this way. I got to hurry. Encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, that, that, then may you prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. That's just awesome. He's just saying if you love to give, man, let God bless you so much financially without you having to say how much you've got financially and you just continue to give and bless the body without any fanfare. If you have uh, the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your, <clears throat> in your cheerful display of compassion. Listen, verse 9. Let the inner movement of your heart always be to be love one, to be to love one another and never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Despise evil, embrace, it, embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Who would want to be a part of that? Just being real. I'm not talking about the biggest church in town. I'm not talking about the, the one that's got everything for everybody that just, woo-woo, all the bells and whistles. I'm talking about who would want to be a part of something that says this, that you're devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family and that you try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. 
That's what my heart longs for. That there be a local expression of his body on the earth that longs to outdo one another in love. In honor and respect. Not who's going to serve me or do this for me, but what can I do to help you in your walk with him? To walk with you. (laughs) That, that, That excites me. Verse 11, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. Do you see that? He said, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. (laughs) I know, I'm stirred up. It's warm in here. I know it's not a good combination. But the reality is this. He's looking for a people. He died for a people that are passionate in their pursuit, boiling hot. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you this. If we're passionate toward him boiling hot, you'll radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit. It won't be something you have to try to produce. You'll radiate with the person of the Holy Spirit. And you know what else? As part of radiating with the person of the Holy Spirit, you'll love people well. Amen. Amen. 